1: I promised when I found great music I would bring it to you and today is no exception to that. There is a fantastic CD that's going to drop and be available August 13th by Paul Sear. It is called Ax Inferno, A X Inferno, like X for the guitar, and it is a guitar instrumental album that will blow your mind. And Paul is very successful. He's has two, not one Emmy, two Emmys. He's a Grammy-nominated musician and producer, and he's going to talk us through that album today, and I want to introduce you guys to it and introduce you to Paul. He's from this area, the Pacific Northwest. He's living in Memphis now, home of the blues, and thanks, Paul, for coming on.
2: Hey, it's great to be here, Lori.
1: Oh, we're thrilled to have you. How long have you been working on this album?
2: Well, I think the first... uh ideas came about maybe three years ago and uh just slow, kind of slowly worked on on that uh the first track i did was accelerator and i i wanted to do kind of an experiment using um you know uh, influences from like trance and and uh electronic dance music that kind of thing so i did accelerator put it up on my youtube channel and asked the uh the, the folks there for feedback because it was a little bit different than what uh uh, they're used to hearing and the, the response was just overwhelmingly positive so that kind of gave me the confidence to uh, move on and and uh, create the rest of the album
1: so it, it started with accelerator oddly enough and then it accelerated from there
2: <laughs> i guess you could say that yeah <laughs>
1: And then I want to tell everyone that they can go to paulsphere.com, dot com, and there's all the information is on there, and I think they can even preview some of the uh, or, or most of the music from that point And then you're, it's on YouTube as well. So, so um, some of this was fan driven. You've uh, you were able to communicate back and forth with the fans and kind of tweak tweak it as you went along.
2: Well. Um not not really um once once the i got that positive response on accelerator then i just kind of went b- back into my cave and <laughs> and did did the rest of the album and i didn't uh, really expose any of the tracks as i was working on them uh you know this is actually my 14th album so uh i i know my way around the studio and and uh uh i just you know kept letting the ideas flow and and, uh, you know, I have to please myself, number one. And uh, that's why if you feel like, you know, the tracks on this album took me three years to create, but I wanted each one to be one that, that I really loved. And so I'm real real proud of this record in that respect in and that, in that, you know, I'll play any track on there for anyone and go, yeah, well, I I'll, I'll like this one. You know, people, of course, of course mm-hmm. people are asking me, what's your favorite, what's your favorite track? And, you know, I I really can't pick one out.
1: Right. I I would imagine it would be the same like saying, you know, which child is your favorite because they're all kind of special in their own way. They each have their own little personality and their own nuances, you know, which makes them unique and individual in their own way. Exactly. Well, Well, let's talk about your experience because you are no stranger. This isn't your first rodeo, so to speak. You have worked with some of the most brilliant minds in music. You started out here in the northwest. Um, you went to the University of Idaho, and you then you ended up in LA, I think, and then over to Seattle and worked with you know all of the greats in Seattle. And now you're in Memphis. So let's kind of work our way through your your journey that's led you to, to where you are right now. You you started playing the trumpet when you were 12, right? And but then you put uh, it down and went actually, to the guitar. That, so actually, I was, n-
2: I was nine. Nine, Nine. Years okay Yeah Did
1: you come
2: from a musical <clears throat> family? Uh, Yeah, My both my parents uh, play keyboards, uh, organ and piano And uh, my dad uh, uh, has always been a kind of a hi-fi buff And uh, he, you know, so there was always good quality sound in our house And uh, in our living room we had both a baby grand piano and an organ um, And uh, my dad, in fact, he... Uh, he's a pretty handy guy, and he built our, f- our first guitar amplifiers out of old stereo equipment.
1: <laughs> wow,
2: <clears throat> and they didn't really sound very good but but they were kind of big and they looked cool so uh you know that was that was fun and so did
1: they encourage you to take up the trumpet at first, or was that your idea?
2: Well, it was kind of my idea. It was uh, fourth grade, and that's when they came around uh, and said, uh, "Who wants to be in the school band?" And uh, one of my friends who was already playing trumpet was in the in the school band. He said, "Yeah, come on. You know, why don't you go rent a trumpet at the local music store and uh, come and, and be in the school band?" Well, the school band was like five trumpet players, uh, a girl that played flute, and I think a guy that played clarinet. That was the band, <laughs> so uh, it really wasn't it wasn't a band. And what what it turned into more was like you'd have a few minutes with the with the teacher to learn a little bit about the, your instrument. Uh, but after the three month rental was up, um, I, I didn't really like the trumpet so much, and uh, somehow guitar flashed in my mind. And uh, my mom took me to the uh, local music store and bought a uh, uh, brand called Stella, which is a three-quarter size guitar that uh, cost $19. And I still have it and uh, uh-huh. and then I took private lessons on uh, on that and both my brothers uh, were learning to play as well my younger brother on drums and piano and my older brother on guitar as well and so by the time I was 11 we had a band and then uh uh when I was 12, we actually played our first paid gig, um, and uh, that pretty well hooked me from, from there.
1: I would imagine because, I mean, 12 years old and you have a band and you had a first paid gig, I, I would think that you would get the fever or, or the bug at that point then because, I mean, you had, you know, people were paying, you must have had, you know, some type of audience there.
2: Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Probably the one of the most unusual gigs that I've ever played in my life, uh, and being the first first one where we actually made money, it was a swim and dance party uh, that a uh, neighbor kid convinced the local radio station to throw at the public pool on a like a Saturday night. And uh, you know, he said, Oh, I got these guys in my neighborhood, they've got this band and they're killer and, and they should play at the swim and dance party and you can spin records and uh we'll all make some money and uh <laughs> they went for it. And uh, you know, our band made sixty five dollars and this was back, nineteen sixty four, sixty five. Uh, and uh, you know, I came away with that, with you know, this pile of one dollar bills, and uh, my friends uh, thought I was cool, and and uh, girls thought I was cool. <laughs> it's like,
1: uh,
2: <laughs> it, you know, I was I was hooked, and there was there was never that, turning back.
1: That would do it. Well, as any of us know who are twelve years old, I mean, that is a, a big gig when you're twelve years old. I mean, there is no. Hipper hotter place than the than the uh uh pool during summer, so I'm going to play accelerator, I want people to have that in in their mind. They think about this twelve year old kid he started with the trumpet for a couple months that didn't work he decides to pick up the guitar. His first gig's at the pool during the summer, and this is what that kid has done today. So I'm going to play Accelerator, and we will be right back with Paul Spear. Album out—a guitar instrumental that was Accelerator off of his Axe Inferno album. That's going to be out on August 13th. You can find out more at dot Com. And so Paul's joining us today, and we're taking a musical journey through with him through this album that is just fantastic. It's just a feast for the ears. Anybody who enjoys music, especially guitar music, uh, can super appreciate this album. So, we're back with Paul and um, and that, like I said, was Accelerator. And the next song we're going to play um, when we go to our next break, I think. Did, did we decide on Megatron?
2: Yes, Megatron.
1: Great, okay. So um, we're going to play Megatron when we go to our next break, but we're going to catch up with Paul. So Paul then, So we, we kind of told you about him who is 12 years old, living in Lewiston, Idaho, and he starts with his trumpet and goes to the guitar, and you see where that led. And he goes to the University of Idaho, and then he gets over into the music on the west on the West Coast. He gets into really the hotbed of the music scene at that time. And he starts working with the Great. and now he's one of the greats. Two Emmys, Grammy nod. This album is certainly um, Grammy caliber work. I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if if we see it come up for Grammy nomination as well. So, um, tell us, Paul, about Kind of getting over to the west side and then working with some of the people that you worked with, and, and what was that like for for somebody from Lewiston, Idaho?
2: Um, well, of course, it's it's great. Um, uh, it's it, it, I've been fortunate that in addition to being a successful recording artist, uh, I've been a successful record producer uh, as well, and uh, yeah, I had a studio in uh, Seattle for 25 years. And did, uh, you know, well over 200 albums uh, while I was there. In fact, I've lost count. It's probably closer to 300 these days. But, uh, uh, you know, worked with a lot of very talented people, a lot of people you've never heard of, uh, but made some excellent albums. Uh, But along the way, uh, you know, like David Lons and I met uh, in 1981 – uh originally to uh do corporate soundtrack work and commercials and stuff um and we uh on, on we'd make some money doing that and then on the side we started working on our own uh solo projects as recording artists and uh he released uh his very first uh solo piano album called Heart Sounds which I produced and uh shortly after that I released uh a collection a nine eighty three Spectral Voyages. Uh and that was my first solo project and uh that was on the Katero Records from San Francisco, who unfortunately no longer exists, but it was great to uh get signed uh, to be able to put out my first album. And uh then of course David and I worked together for boy like the next 18, 19 years, I think, did three uh, very successful albums for the Narada label in the 80s and 90s, and uh, two of them were tied to uh, nature videos that uh, we created with our production company in in Seattle, and those sold like like hotcakes uh, at the time, and uh, so, you know, very proud of that work and still uh, I have a bunch of them up on my YouTube channel, and people are still commenting, going, "Oh yeah, I, I remember this, and uh, I, I, I need, I need it, I need it on DVD, and my VHS tape won't work anymore, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing." And so, you know, very happy that uh, uh, the work back in those days still still has legs and still has fans
1: definitely well a lot of this music is just absolutely timeless and good music is good music it'll be good music 50 years from now 100 years from now people will, will keep coming back to it over and over and over again and that's what they're going to find with this Axe Inferno album and, and much of your work up, up to this point point. and you also worked with Scott Rockenfeld from uh, the drummer from Queensryche which everybody around here knows Queensryche and they're still performing today
2: uh, yeah, in fact, they uh, you know they kind of have a, had a regrouping there, and uh, uh, the new band uh, just recently released uh, an album that is just getting fantastic reviews. And uh, I actually did have Queensryche in my studio uh, for a project uh, several years ago, so I have worked with them. But Scott and I met through a mutual friend, an engineer uh, at one of the Seattle studios, and we started talking. It turns out that. Uh, he was a fan of of the work that I was doing with David Lons, and of course I was I was a fan of Queensryche. You know I thought they were a ter- terrific band, and so we started hanging out. And of course the inevitable happens. Say, well, what about working together? Maybe we can do something. <laughs> and uh, uh, we still had uh, Miramar Productions going in Seattle at the time, which was a partnership with David Lons, uh, Jan Nickman, the director. And uh, we talked to uh, the folks at Miramar that were running the company and said, hey, Scott and I would like to do a project. And they said, okay, let's do a video album. And that project turned out to be Televoid, which was uh, computer animation. And then we scored all the music for that. And that's the, the project that got nominated for a Grammy. Well,
1: and um – that techno music is so popular right now and it's just being infused into everything and you were really on the on the front end of that um what was making you at that time think in in, in those in, in those terms
2: Oh you mean like the the music from Televoid Mhm um well that 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 project wasn't really influenced so much by the techno stuff in fact uh, just about everything on there is, is live playing which is a different from techno music where it's uh, you know very computer-based you know scott of course is, is a is a you know one of the best rock drummers in the world and mm-hmm. all the drums are live uh and we just kind of wanted to do a, a futuristic sort of sound uh with that and um you know, it. it uh, we were very proud of that, the way that turned out. And then a couple of years later, we decided we wanted to do just a, a music album. And so we got together and, and uh, recorded Hell's Canyon. And uh, that, uh, you know, uh, Hell's Canyon is, is uh, just um, upriver from Lewiston. So it was kind of like I'd been there so many times growing up. And uh, it's got this rich history. And I thought, well, this would be kind of a neat concept for an album. And Scott and I uh, had written maybe three or four pieces, but didn't really have a, a concept to glue everything together. And uh, I, uh, the idea of Hell's Canyon came up, and I, I presented it to Scott, and he really liked it. And I said, OK, here's the thing. We can look at places in the canyon and historical events and sort of create a soundtrack for a movie that doesn't exist. And uh, so it uh, came together like that, and uh, you know that's a record that still still sells and um, getting uh, airplay and that kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, and and people will probably remember that Evil Knievel tried to jump over Hell's Canyon back in the day, unsuccessfully.
2: Uh, n- no, that wasn't Hell's Canyon. That was the Snake River Canyon.
1: Oh, it was down Snake River
2: yeah, Hell's Canyon, yeah. there would be no way. You know, Hell's Canyon is so big. It's the deepest gorge in North America. It's it's deeper than the Grand Canyon. But the the Snake River Canyon is down by Twin Falls, and that's the same river, of course. It's the Snake River, uh, but it's several hundred miles uh, away from Hell's Canyon.
1: So it starts up in the Hell's Canyon and then runs down through Idaho?
2: Well, the, I believe the source of the Snake River is in Wyoming, and then it runs through southern Idaho, and uh, and then to uh, Hell's Canyon down to Lewiston, and then and then heads west and uh, empties into the Columbia River in the Tri Cities.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Beautiful country. A little, little geography lesson there. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Well, especially from someone now who's living all the way in Memphis.
2: Do, do you miss Memphis, Seattle? Tennessee? What's that? Memphis,
1: Tennessee, home of the Blues
2: uh yeah and, and birthplace of rock and roll that's the the birth that's right. that they uh that's right that they
1: have so what's the music scene like in memphis versus versus seattle is what's the difference in the vibe or or is there one
2: well it uh yeah it's a it's a good music scene here uh, it's very much like it always has been in that uh r&b and soul and of course these days hip hop are are really big as is uh uh blues um and that kind of thing you know they they have the international blues challenge here every january where where blues bands from all over the world come to compete and it's a week long uh event that uh you know, gets uh, you know a lot of attention, and it's a, it's a really big deal. There, you know, there's blues bands from Sweden and Italy, <laughs> places where you wouldn't think there would be blues bands, but they come. and And I haven't heard all of them, but but I understand some of them are just awesome. Mm-hmm. And,
1: did, did you find course, it easy to transition into that music scene coming from from Seattle?
2: Well, yeah, pretty much because. Um, You know, I've been involved with the Grammy Awards for for a really long time. In fact, I was one of the founders of the Pacific Northwest chapter, and I served as the first president. And so uh, there's a Grammy chapter here in Memphis, and soon after we moved here, I was elected to the Board of Governors. And, uh, you know, those uh, meetings and then the events that the chapter puts on – you get you get to meet everybody in in the, the area that's that's doing doing you know major work in in music and so i've i got connected to uh the scene here quite quite fast through the through the grammy chapter i'm sure they were glad to have you well it's yeah you know because of the experience you know i since i've been uh a member a long time in fact i i, I first joined in 1982 uh, there was no chapter in uh, Seattle, and so I was a member of the San Francisco chapter. And then uh, it was like late 90s we were able to found our own chapter for the Pacific Northwest. And there's a we have a full-time office in Seattle, and that was great um, to get that going. And now they're you know they're they're putting on a lot of terrific uh, events there that uh, it just helps it helps the community helps the music community come together and grow and uh uh i know that you know any of the cities that have grammy chapters it it really makes a huge difference in in the the music scene there
1: definitely and they're also really into giving back as well and i, I i've seen the grammy chapters be very active in the schools and to musicians aid and um uh helping out um music programs just in general since a lot of it's been cut out of the school system it's probably not as prevalent as when you were back in in elementary school a lot of schools don't even have music programs anymore
2: right and that's a real shame uh uh because it's a you know it's it's a scientific fact that music really helps a person learn and understand other things. Uh and so it's it's really is is a shame and but but that you know people like the, the Grammys and uh uh VH one has had some great efforts uh there to keep uh the music alive in the in the schools. Um but the thing about the Grammys is is you know I, I'm glad you mentioned some of these things that the the organization does uh, outside of the awards, because most people that's all they know is the Grammy awards, and of course, any award show- p- people are going to have a problem <laughs> with it and and so I don't even try to defend the 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 show and the awards process uh we do it as as good as we possibly can uh and not everybody sees their favorite artists get a Grammy uh but What's nice is is the money that's made from the the broadcast, it goes back into these music programs in schools and and Music Cares, which is the the one that that helps uh, people in the music business that have uh, had rough times, you know, medical problems that they can't pay for, things like that. They come in and they, uh, you know, are doing some great work with with the money that's made um, from the broadcast,
1: yeah, because not every musician is making millions and millions of dollars. Most of them are just hardworking and, you know, just just like the the rest of us, but you only see the ones that are making, you know, the, the few that are making the millions and millions of dollars, but it's not like that for everybody.
2: Right, right.
1: All right, we're going to play Megatron, and then we're going to come right back with Paul Spear, and this is off his Axe Inferno album that will be out on... August 13th. You can find more at PaulSphere.com. This is Megatron. We'll be back in just a moment. On the 13th of August, and you can find more at paulspear.com. We were just talking when we were off air while you guys were listening to Megatron about how Paul has been collaborating with people all over the world through the Internet and Skype, and music has just really changed. And now these great minds don't have to meet in a single place anymore. They can collaborate right over the Internet and turn out the most amazing work. And Paul's been working with people all over the world, from Manchester, UK, to France, to uh, all over the United States. And you met some people on MySpace, didn't you, Paul? And you guys collaborated and made an album.
2: Uh, That's true. Um, This would have been, I think, about 2008, uh, when MySpace was still a a going concern. And uh, uh, Paul Lawler from uh, England uh, friended me. And uh, I really liked his music and complimented him on it. He does, you know, kind of progressive new age, you might call it, uh, kind of fusion-y stuff. But it was really, really well-written, well-performed. And uh, he suggested that we collaborate on on an album. And by that time, you know, moving uh, large files around the Internet was starting to become commonplace. And so uh that's how we created it and um towards the end of the project uh I had uh, become friends with uh this woman in uh France, Satine Orient, uh was a singer and keyboard player and she had an album out this sort of French dance pop material that was kind of cool and uh I sent her uh a couple of mixes and said, "Hey, uh, if you're inspired to do some vocals on, on these tunes. Let me know. And she came back with uh, this really, really neat vocal parts, sung in French. And so uh, we decided to put, uh, you know, two versions of two of those songs uh, on the album. You know, one's the vocal version, one's the instrumental version. And um, uh, that's a, that record was called Wonders, which is like Wonders of the World it was kind of a very kind of world fusion you might say uh, in style and so it it's got titles like Ganges, Gobi, Petra, Tahoma. Uh, you know, these are you know places around the world that are that mm-hmm. are really cool. And I've always wanted so that, to go to Petra. Yeah, that looks like an amazing place. For sure. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but this was kind of following the same concept like Hell's Canyon, you know, where we we wrote a soundtrack for a movie that doesn't exist. Right.
1: That's that, that's just amazing. Now, now, since then you haven't met Paul, but you have met Satine.
2: Right. Uh, my wife and I were on a uh, Mediterranean cruise last fall, uh which is fun. It's our second one we've done and and it's we love it. <laughs> And one of the stops was in uh, Monte Carlo, and Satine lives uh, outside of Nice, which is uh, just to the west of Monte Carlo. So she hopped on the train and came over for the afternoon, and we got to hang out and have lunch. And uh, she's just a peach, and uh, it was just just so great to finally meet her four years later after uh, making this record.
1: Yeah, I, I would imagine because here you guys were in this virtual world, so to speak, but yet creating this fantastic music and then not even being in the same room to collaborate or to bounce or get the energy off of each other, but, but you were able to to work through the Internet and through Skype and through this file sharing and come up with basically the, 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 the same effect that people used 20 years ago collaborating together in rooms you were able to do that around the world and bring that same energy to the uk to france and and to tennessee right
2: right well this is kind of this is how i've pretty much made records all my life for me you know i mean it's different if you're working with a band then of course you're you're talking about the uh energy between the, the people in the band and getting a performance where uh the the way I make records, it's more like abstract painting. You start with a an idea and then start adding to it. And and so with multi-track recording, what you do is you you know lay down let's say a a drum groove and then I put my put the guitar on another track and I start jamming, uh, seeing what what kind of ideas I can come up with. And so it's just it's one little thing at a time, and it gets layered and layered and layered. And uh, you know, Paul Lawler had been doing that for years. He, he's got more albums out than I do. So, uh, and he works alone uh, in the same way. Uh, so it was a really good fit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was do, it, doing it that lonely working
1: like that?
2: No, not really. Um, you know, it's nice to, as a producer, uh, if I'm producing an album, it's good to have that that interaction. Um, but i these these days i don't produce much by choice uh i've just just too tired of being in the trenches for every note that's recorded and this was a conscious decision that i made upon the move to memphis is that i didn't want to start another commercial studio in a in a new city from scratch Uh, and produce as much. So I focused the outside work on on just mixing and mastering. And, uh, you know, with the Internet uh, and, and you know, a fast connection, you can move these large files, you know, one or two gigs of audio files back and forth uh, pretty easily. And um, the kind of system that I use, I can, if someone, you know, they want to change in the mix, that I'm doing for them long distance, uh, it's very easy because the computer remembers everything that you've done, and then you can go in, call up the session. Everything is exactly the way it was when you, when you left it. Make the the change, uh, print a new mix, email it to the client, and you know they would go for, go from there. So I really like working that way. I I always prefer to mix by myself anyway. Uh, any for any of the records because uh, it can it can be time consuming and distracting uh, if you have people sitting there in, in the in the sofa in the back of the room uh, talking and <laughs> carrying on and you know, you know asking for things that that are impossible <laughs>
1: <laughs> well this album is absolutely amazing and Every single track on it is just as good as the track before you know a lot of times in in music the, the front album will you know will be better than the back end of the album, um, but not in this case on this in, in this case, the back end of the album is just as fantastic as the front end of the album so i I want to tell people you really need to get the whole album so you can get all these nuances that paul 's been talking about and all this this mastering of music that he 's done. Each one is just individually great. And if you pick and choose off of iTunes, just going and and, uh, just getting one song or two songs, you're really missing a fantastic musical experience that this whole album has laid out from beginning to end. And so I really encourage everyone to not kind of cherry-pick the songs but get the entire album and just really enjoy the entire thing because it it is from front to back. There's a lot of depth in this album.
2: Mm, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate the feedback. I I've been from from the the people who received early copies. Uh gosh, I'm I'm just so pleased uh, I'm getting feedback like that where they're they're saying, you know, there's there's not a a dog on on this on this album. I I I like every track and and uh uh of course as an artist that's what I set out to do. I think that's probably why it took me 3 years to make this record is that is it uh well, I I make music for me number 1. I want to make something that I I like. And uh so each so each track I have to like be in love with. And uh you know, there were there there were several that that didn't didn't make it on the album uh you know, stuff that's still sitting on the computer that uh it just didn't blow my skirt up after a, a week. You know, so I said, okay. Well, I spent a bunch of time on this, but it's just not, it's just not happening. So, moving on. Uh, but later on in the process, later on in the process, I, I reconnected with uh, the guy that played drums on on the album, Ron Krasinski. Uh, we used to play clubs together in L.A. in the '70s, and and he was a, an amazing drummer back then, and he's even better now. Uh, and it turns out he moved to Nashville about 20 years ago and he works out in Nashville. Now And he's, <clears throat> he's what you call a hired gun. You know, he, he's never been in a band, so to speak. He goes out with, with, uh, uh, as a, as a sideman musician. Um, and, um, but he is, he is one of the best drummers I've ever worked with. I, I've been really lucky to work with you know, people like Scott rock, uh, and uh, Mike DeRosier, who was Hart's original drummer. I've, d- I've done mm-hmm. some some, uh, some work with him back in Seattle. Uh, and then, of course, Ron Krasinski. Uh, but we reconnected, and um, uh, I I thought, well, hey, you know, I can do like I did on Wonders. I can do a couple different versions of these tunes. I can do a techno mix, and, and I can do a rock version and have Ron play. Uh, and plus there were two other tracks that he played on. Um, that really were asking for for live drums And uh, I brought him over from, from Nashville And we went into uh, Ardent Studios here in, in Memphis Which is a very, very famous recording studio we, we recorded his drums in the same room That ZZ Top did most of their albums in And Stevie Ray Vaughan recorded in there and Joe Cocker uh, You know, <laughs> got gold and platinum records All over the walls So it's kind of an inspiring studio uh to work Definitely. in yeah. But Ron uh you know, Ron was the last thing to go on those those tracks. I had, you know, uh played all the parts previously and so uh he was the last thing to go on which, which you know kind of kinda of backwards uh in the way most people think think records are made, you know, where but like I said earlier my work is like abstract painting where i'm doing one little thing at a time start with an idea layer 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 and uh, i prefer to put the drums on much later on in the process because by that time then you know what you want and it's more obvious to the drummer uh what what's going to work as opposed to being say one of the first things to go on right right that's
1: it's amazing that 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 music is is a small community as well, too, in that, you know, you guys will keep running across each other and you you go down to Memphis and someone goes over to Nashville that you used to know in Seattle and that that community is still working together, um, even though it's it's fluid, you know, and people are are constantly moving from, you know, Seattle, L.A., and then all all over the world, really, and that you guys can still work together and run into each other and collaborate amazing
2: yeah yeah well i i I thank facebook for uh reconnecting with ron (laughs) (laughs) because i would i would google him every once in a while because i i wanted to know uh you know what he was doing and and uh nothing really came up and then uh once i uh hooked up on facebook i plugged his name in there and well i got a hit and wow. uh, sent a message and said, are you the same Ron Krasinski that's a drummer from L.A.? And, you know, he wrote back, and the rest is history.
1: Wow, that's amazing. It's, you know, the, the the power of the Internet. Well, Paul, I really appreciate that you were coming on today, and I'm going to let you pick what song we're going to go out to so we can play Power Glide, Tornado Warning, or Vortex, and I'll let you pick.
2: Uh, I would like to hear Tornado Warning.
1: Okay. And give you a little little to.
2: introduction on that. Uh, th- there are tornado sirens at the beginning and the end that I recorded in my backyard here in Memphis as tornadoes were heading our way. <laughs> and uh wow. as a pers- as a person that, you know, lived most of my life in the Pacific Northwest, we don't have tornadoes around there, but uh they get them here and it's it is scary. It is really scary and uh I thought, "Okay, I'm I got to I got to channel this into some music, some of this anxiety about uh tornadoes channeling into the music."
1: Wow, yeah, you know, I if if you don't live in in that part of the country where you get tornadoes, it it looks scary on TV. I could imagine that it must be even worse when you are actually right there in it.
2: Yeah, it it really is. I haven't seen any uh face to face but uh twice now uh they've touched down within a couple of miles of our house and uh it's nerve wracking. Um and, and then you got the T V on and the and the, the local stations it's all it's just weather weather people screaming <laughs> for you to take, take <laughs> cover. Uh you know, it's it, it drives you nuts.
1: I would imagine. It would look scary on TV. So that's the introduction for Tornado Warning, and you just heard how Paul came up with this, and we're going to play out on Tornado Warning. Axe Inferno is the name of the album. It will be out on August 13th. You can find more. Paul has a great website, paulspeer.com, S-P-E-E-R.com, and he's also on Facebook. So look him up, support great music, and Paul, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, thank you, Laurie. Uh, it's been a great time.
1: All right, this is Tornado Warning. We're back in just a moment. <laughs> And tornado warning. And just to recap on that, Paul has just had an amazing musical career. Two Emmys. He's Grammy uh, Grammy nominated. He's worked on over 300 albums as a producer. His album Axe Inferno will be available. Um, the 13th of August, and I just encourage you to go to paulspear.com and support great music. Again, there was a lot of depth to that album from front to back. It was absolutely just amazing. But now we're going to check in with two of my favorite guys. I play their music all the time, Science, Jim and Justin. They've been on the road. They have a, uh, a tour that started this summer, and we're catching up with them on the road, and they told me they're in Montana. Are you guys there?
0: Yeah, yeah, this is Justin. Uh, Jim's driving right now, so I'm gonna do a little <laughs> bit of chatting because we're we're actually we're 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 literally on the road.
1: You're literally on the road. Well, so how's the tour going?
0: It's actually it's going really really well. Um, so now we're in like the second phase of it. We've crisscrossed the United States. Uh, we started in Seattle in the late June and made it all the way across to New York and, and back. And now we're uh, we're sort of on a mountain west. Um, Idaho, Montana, eastern Washington next week of course.
1: Wow. Well, what's it been like?
0: Um, you know, it's a, so this this stage of the tour we've got it's the two of us and we've got Jim's dog Mortimer, he's our mascot. And uh it's been pretty hot, but but we joked around when we originally left Seattle that it was the last rain we were going to see for a while, but uh but it's rained uh it rained the, the first part, it rained almost every single day, thunderstorms in Nebraska and uh, we got to the East Coast; it rained pretty hard, and now now it's like crisp and dry and uh, and and beautiful in Montana.
1: Great. Well, I've heard there's a, a heat wave going on back east, so I'm you're, you're lucky you didn't run into with those thunderstorms in Nebraska, like tornadoes or something. We were just talking to Paul Spear about that um, tornadoes in in the South. That uh, if when you're in Nebraska and you're going across the plains, who knows what kind of weather you guys could hit.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we've been we've been really, really lucky. Um uh, it's been a great trip weather wise. Uh we, we were sort of ahead of the heat and, and uh and then um everything's going going real real smooth knock on wood I suppose, but it's going so far so far terrific.
1: Well what has the audience has been like?
0: So, you know, when whenever you get um whenever you get outside of your home market and you're you're sort of uh out of your comfort zone um, you never really know. You can't really set your watch to to what a show is going to be like, and and so sometimes you'll you'll go in with expectations, um, and 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 you'll you'll be totally surprised. Uh, we just played a show last night in Republic, Washington, and it was our first time in Republic, and and we were blown away at how much uh, enthusiasm they have for live music and how many people had checked us out before they came out to the show. Um, it was a, a a terrific venue, and it was one of those one of those stops we I, I had no idea what what was going to happen or, or going into it and it turned out to be a, a really awesome night
1: Mm-hmm. well are, are are you finding that most people have some uh recognition of your music or are most people doing like what they did in republic and kind of finding you out beforehand or how how are they going to know you yeah
0: I think it's a little bit of a, a little bit of both um we, when we played in Brooklyn, uh, we were over in New York there, and uh, there were definitely a couple people that, that came up and chatted with us and said, oh, we've got family in Seattle, and they told us, uh, you know, word of mouth lies, sort of come come check you guys out because you're awesome. And and then that was really neat. But also I think people that go to uh, venues regularly and look at the calendar, I think, are, are really good about doing a bit of homework and, and saying, hey, I I, I, uh, I checked out the band that's coming up, uh, you know, and, and I really liked it, so here I am.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, of course, in Seattle, everybody knows who you are. You guys are all over the place here. Um, people are very familiar with you. I play the Seattle song all the time. And so I was hoping that that would translate as, as you went east and that people were going to, you know, appreciate great music, which is, you know, what we always hope, that that it translates a, a across state lines. And I'm glad that you're finding that out. How are you and Jim holding up being together so much?
0: Oh, we're doing we're doing great. Yesterday was Jim's birthday and uh um so we we're, we're just just touring along. But both of us are we're really built for um for touring and, and, and really our brains are and, and we're really geared for the road um we we really love it out here. So so for us it's uh you know the hard part the hard part's all the scheduling and planning before you get in the van, but but once we're out, um it's just, just uh driving and playing guitar and, and, and it's you know, it doesn't get doesn't get much easier than that.
1: Well, that's really what every musician really lives for, because now you guys are just yeah. playing your music.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like we get we get an opportunity to, to to really pursue and do what we love, and um, you know, I couldn't I couldn't imagine uh, being in an office in uh, uh, back in Seattle. Uh, so much so much road out there.
1: <laughs> now, so are, are you playing somewhere tonight or tomorrow or where's yeah, your next so,
0: stop? So tonight. So we're just outside of Missoula right now and we're headed toward Butte, Butte Montana. We're going to play at Headframe Spirits, a, a distillery today, um tonight. And then uh and then we're going to be in Montana for a little bit and we start start heading back um and wrap wrap everything up uh sort of in the western Washington area um like the 20 28th of of July. of July. Okay. And then you're
1: going to so be in Spokane, right? Yep, exactly.
0: On Thursday, we're going to play Zola in Spokane.
1: Okay, Thursday, Zola in Spokane. Well, that's not very far. That's just, uh, no, just a couple just days from now. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. So you'll be Zola in Spokane on Thursday, and then you wrap up. Where, where will you be July 28th? What's your last stop?
0: So our very Where's last stop at? is the Mason, Mason County Fair in uh, in Shelton, Washington. Okay. So we do a family days in meeting Montana you there? Here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs>
2: and then, and yeah, I, it's good to in the everyone... area. We're
0: gonna. Go ahead. No, no. I, I was gonna say we're we're headed that way. That Saturday, the twenty-seventh, we're gonna play at a wedding. We have a good friend that's getting married. They wanted us to to come and, and and play their wedding. So we're gonna do that, and then the very next day, the county fair, and then and then a couple of days a couple of days off to uh to rest up.
1: Yeah, well, I would imagine your family's probably looking forward to seeing you after being on on this uh, on this road trip, and then yeah, just probably just just a couple days to um, to rest up, and then I'm sure you'll be hitting it again in the Seattle area.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, it's really good. Uh, the the one thing that is difficult from the road is you know we, we're working on our next album, and we've got a significant amount of it all done, but it's just once. Once we get back to be able to have that that time and focus and energy to uh, to really get get working working towards that, it's hard to hard to manage that stuff from the road. Mhm.
1: Have Have you been writing while
0: you're on the yeah, road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we actually uh, we debuted a a newer song that we just just finished. We finished it on the road last week, and we played it for the first time last night. We'll probably play it again today. So that's been really cool. And we've got we've got another couple that are just about just about to be start start making their way into the live performance as well.
1: Great. And then, yeah, when uh, when you um, get back, then you guys can kind of uh, work out um, all the other little details, I guess, so to speak, you know, of being off the road, maybe concentrate more on then, like you said, putting that next album together. I'm really looking forward exactly. to the next album. I think I've played my, my, my first album of years. I'm almost worn it all out.
0: Oh, great, great! Yeah, the next one's going to be—we're really excited about it. It's going to be, uh, you know, ten ten songs, full length. Um, and uh, the way I I previewed some of the, we previewed some of the stuff the other night when we were, when we were um, just sort of had a little downtime, and and it's really really coming together the way the way that we want it to. So it's pretty pretty exciting. Great. Well, has there
1: been any stop that that you've been surprised or had an experience that, that, that you can share that you didn't see coming or that was, um, you, you know, you, you, maybe you weren't familiar with, with that area, but, but it made an impression on you?
0: Uh, de definitely last night in Republic. Um, I think, you know, uh, we had a terrific show in Brooklyn, um, when we were, when we were on the East Coast. Um, lots of people came out, uh, there was a great blog that that made us the it was the acoustic concert of the week and and uh, and that that was really a pleasant surprise um there were a lot of people at the show that that uh that were really supportive and uh and we played really well and it sounded great and it was kind of one of those one of those perfect scenarios where it just had a just had a great great tour day great
1: that's that that's that's awesome makes makes for great memories on top of everything else
0: exac- exactly exactly, exactly.
1: All right, well, I'm going to let you guys go so you can keep driving. People can go to ScienceSeattle.com and keep up with where you're going to be next. I'm going to play some of your music, and I will try to see you Thursday night in Spokane at Zola. And right. um, I'm sure I'll i see you around. I I, I I usually see you guys pretty much frequently anyway, so... But yeah. as you know, I'm a huge supporter. I play your music all the time. I, 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 I peddle your CDs to all my friends, and then they become um, little Internet stalkers to you guys as well. So all, all, all your little stalkers probably started from me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for the support, Laurie. I did want to mention one other thing, if, if there's quick time, and that's uh, we're yes. going to be playing in the main stage at, at Hempfest in Seattle on the 17th of August. Ooh, and uh, that's we're, big. And we're going to do that show with a full band. It'll be our, our, our uh, surprise debut of a uh, of four-piece science. So that that's def- definitely going to be a rocking show.
1: Nice. So on the seventeenth at Hempfest, you guys are going to be yep. on the main stage, and yep. you're going to have two, at two in the
0: four-piece. afternoon. At two? Yep. at yep. Two in the afternoon.
1: Oh, that's. That's big. We definitely want to get that out to everybody as well because
0: um yeah, it's, Tempest it's is really, a, uh,
1: is a big deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's going to going to be a great show and we've already done a couple uh, we've gotten together and just done some rehearsal with the full band and uh it's it's definitely uh, we're really really pretty charged up about about the show.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I will try to be at that one as well. So, um 17th Hemp Fest in Seattle, people come from all over the world to go to Hemp Fest. There's some amazing music, 2 o'clock on the main stage. Science will be on there, and then 17th at Zola in Spokane. And then you can find out more information where they're coming near you at scienceseattle.com, right? Exactly. All right. Well, good luck, and keep keep having fun. And really be careful on the road because it's, it's dangerous out there.
0: Yeah, no no problem at all. Thank you so much. And uh on behalf of Jim and Mortimer and myself, uh, we, we really appreciate everything everything you do and giving us a chance to to be on and share our music and, and thank thank you for all your support. Oh,
1: no problem, and happy birthday to Jim.
0: Okay, happy birthday, Jim. <laughs> he says thank you. <laughs> we'll talk we'll talk to you soon and hopefully we'll see you Thursday in Spokane.
1: Sounds good. All right, you guys take it easy.
0: You too. Bye bye. All
1: right. All right, that was literally Justin and Jim on the road in Montana, and they are Science, and they are just a great band from Seattle. I'm going to play one of their songs that I, I play pretty frequently, this the Seattle song from them, and you can go to scienceseattle.com, find out more information. Again, go to paulspear.com and hear his brand-new album, Axe Inferno. Um, science, they were on the PBS Road Trip Nation. They were a featured band on PBS. And they've had amazing success in the Seattle area and this is their first nationwide tour. And so catching up and they're still talking and their dog's still alive and you know they're they're still great friends and, and making music. So that's that is really great 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 to hear because we all know we've been on road trips before. We know how those can turn out. Um by the by the time you get back you're usually not talking. But they are talking and then great for them. So I'm going to leave you with the Seattle Song by Science. Check them out at scienceseattle.com. And again, thank you to Emmy Award winner, Grammy nominee, and just a genius musician, Paul Spear. And be sure to support great music, paulspear.com. This is the Seattle Song. <laughs>
3: I like Americano too. I drink just about any kind of coffee, but that Starbucks just won't do.